Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and welcome to Aiden on Anchor. Aiden on Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. You're listening to episode 107 of the show, recorded on May 24th, 2022, at exactly 3.06 a.m. And I got a lot of stuff to talk about today, so rather than wasting your time and making this a 40-minute episode, let's just get right to the point and hope that we keep it under 30 right? That's a goal to have. That's an aspiring goal for podcasters everywhere who talk for like two hours on end about random garbage. Let's see if we can keep this one under 30 minutes. We'll go ahead and try. Let's start first with the big news. In case you hadn't heard on Twitter or Discord, I will be moving soon. Yep, I'm heading back down to South Carolina. We tried back in 2018. Four years later, it's 2022 and I'm trying it again, baby. And I'm excited but also very, very busy. Moving is kind of one of the worst things ever because it's so much work leading up to it, and then you finally get there, and you're like, wow, I can finally take a moment to breathe. And I know I talked about moving a couple episodes ago, but that was someone else, right? Now I'm having to do it. It's a completely different ballgame. I myself am having to save money to make the trip because this ain't no short trip, all right? And I don't know if how aware you guys are of United States geography, but I live in West Tennessee and Zach and everyone else is of course in South Carolina. Now you think to yourself, okay, well those are both Southern states. How long can it take? You know, how long can it, 475 miles? Jesus Christ. That, that's not even two states. Like what the fuck? And yeah, turns out it's actually a pretty long drive because not only is Tennessee a long state, but then you're having to go over mountains and you're having to go into North Carolina to go down to South Carolina. And turns out the gas alone's pretty big. And U-Haul is not as cheap as one might think. I thought to myself, like, U-Haul, ah, whatever, $200, $300. How bad could it be? $700 freaking dollars? And that's not all. Because I'll happen to be buying a trailer. I'm going to have to fill it up with gas on the way there. So at the end of the day, we're talking 800 So when I made that little post on Twitter of like, hey... I'm doing Uber and selling stuff, but I'd really want to be editing. That was why, because I'm trying to make $800 before the first week of June. How far am I currently? Eh, 300 or so, but don't worry. I got some big ticket items that I'm selling. Hopefully the editing thing will start to pick up soon and I can keep doing Uber. But yeah, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of ground I still need to make and it's the 24th now. So it's been quite the rush to get there. But I hope we make it. And hey, if we don't, I have a backup plan. I'm just going to load up whatever I have in the back of my truck and take just the bare essentials. So like the computer, the monitor, the setup, the bed, maybe the consoles. Probably not the big-ass wooden entertainment center that you see back there. And probably not all the movies or anything, but we'll see. You know, I'm hoping the U-Haul, that's plan A. Save as much money as possible. If not, use that money to move by myself and then hopefully kind of pay rent and shit. And that's the other big part too, right? You save all this money to get ready to move and then you get there and there's not like a career waiting for you. (laughs) So I'm going to have to be doing Uber while I'm there, hoping editing works out or more than likely just, you know, getting a job, maybe working at a movie theater or something. I don't know. I don't know what the Greenville, South Carolina job economy be looking like right now. I assume everyone's hiring because we're still in the middle of a global pandemic, but you never know. You never know how that'll work out. Maybe some places are more stingy than others. As you can see, for somebody with anxiety and for somebody 
who can tend to mount a lot of worrying in a short amount of time, the act of moving, and specifically the finances surrounding that, can be very stressful. That all being said, I think it's totally worth it because I get to live with one of my best friends, Zack Snyder, as well as Damien will also be there, and Donovan. And hey, North Carolina ain't that far. I could drive and see Jay and Parker and watch them, I don't know, do TikTok dances. I don't know what the kids are up to these days. They're doing a damn TikTok dance. Jay was in like a dinosaur costume in one TikTok. So you think he's still doing that? You think if I drive up to North Carolina and say hello to Mr. Jay the Zoomster, he'll be up in a T-Rex outfit? I sure hope not. But you never know. You never know what they're up to. So I have the opportunity to do that. It'll be really cool. I'm obviously excited. I can't wait just for like the the YouTube stuff that me and Zach will be able to do. Um, But it's going to be a very busy rest of May and more than likely a very busy June. So until I can get my like feet set, until I'm on stable ground, the content stuff will probably not be a big priority for me. I'm still going to do Aiden on Anchor uh, and I'll probably still do some Twitch streaming. Right now, I can't stream because we ended up swapping over our internet, and I don't have an Ethernet jack to plug into. But over there, they have a one gigabit internet plan, so I could stream over there as much as I want to. But I'll probably still do Twitch streams today on Anchor. It's just video stuff for a minute will be a little slow, and uh, that's fine because I have three projects that I'm still editing and working on. I won't have to film anything. I figured I'd give you a warning. If you're like, what's Aiden up to? Well, he had to move all the way to South Carolina and essentially find new work and switch everything over. It's going to be a pretty busy June, but I'll try to keep you guys updated either on Aiden on Anchor stream or maybe even Twitter perhaps. But Twitter's kind of a stinky platform. I don't really like talking about Twitter all that much. So we'll just move past that. I think more than just the financial side of things, it's the emotional side. That's also um, interesting to me because back when I moved the first time in 2018, I had only known Zach for a year. I was going there with the intention to do college. So not only would I have to move, but I would have had to find a college to go to. And 2018 was also the year of probably my worst depression ever. That was Taco Bell. That was getting out of college. That was driving my truck into a ditch. That was a whole compound of things. I was on anti-depression medicine for a good bit. So I probably picked like the worst fucking time to, to move over. But now, you know, it's been like four years and it's cool to see that I've like actually come out on the other side. I continue to do YouTube. I continue to try and make money. I continue talking to Zach. Our whole friendship could have just dissolved after that debacle. But he continued being my friend. I think that's really cool. I think that's really epic. In fact, what was it? It was on the Aiden on Anchor Zach episode back in, yeah, 2019, where I was like, I'm going to go back one day. Like a, a year after moving and everything that went down. In 2019, I was confident enough to say that I'm going to move back one day. And then, you know, global pandemic and stuff happened and it took a little longer than we thought. But we're here. We're here. And I'm actually doing it. Am I still worried about like, will it work out or not? You know, sure. The loneliness probably hasn't set in a ton, but there's like four people there. So hopefully that'll work out. But it's just, uh, so cool to me that I've grown enough as a person that I'm willing to try this again, despite how horrible it went the first time 
and I no fault to Zach or Damien that first time, but there was just a lot of shit going on in my head at once that made a, that kind of a nightmare scenario. And now things have changed so much and gotten so much better that I'm confident to try it out again. And I just, I just think that's pretty cool. You know, that's the a non anchor part where I'm focusing on my life and telling you about myself and providing value through experience. That's the value part. It's like, yeah, shit sucks now. You could be in a depression now. But that don't mean you stop going for it. That don't mean you stop trying to go after your dreams and, and making shit work out for you. You get up. You wait four years. <laughs> and then you try it again, baby. Then you try it again. There's also another factor getting me to move, and that's because, you know, I'm going to be 26 soon, and I think that's the legal age where you have to start, like, paying for your own shit, and you can't be put as a dependent on taxes. But we won't talk about all that. Let's just say it's because of my own personal growth and moving on and and, and finding my dreams, bro. And then you just mentioned the other tax shit later, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited, obviously, and I hope you guys are too. I'll be sure to talk more about it in future episodes of Aiden on Anchor. But again, that whole topic could have been its own episode, but we're cramming in three big topics. So let's go ahead and move on to the second topic, which is I just 100%ed Kirby and the Forgotten Land in seven days. Yeah, no, you're not reading that wrong. I really did all that in seven days. Why, Aiden? Why on earth did you do all that? Well, some context. I figured out I was moving and Ethan was still here. And the thing about Ethan is he has a bigger Switch collection than I do. I don't buy a lot of modern games, in case it wasn't obvious. So I was thinking, huh, I'm not going to be able to play Ethan's Switch games for much longer. I need to find something to be that I wouldn't ever have an opportunity to do. And I looked at his collection, and I went, okay, Pokemon Legends Arceus, eh, I'll put that off. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, I'll play it for a bit, but spoilers, I'm only like halfway through right now. So I moved on, and then I saw it, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Kirby's first 3D adventure, I love Kirby. I made a whole video back in the day about Kirby 64, big fan of this series. Let's try it out. And from there, it became a quest to play through as much of that game as humanly possible, and I did it, you know, I beat it, but then I kind of took a couple steps beyond that to 100% in seven days. You may be thinking, well... That doesn't sound too crazy. A lot of Kirby games are pretty small on the surface. Oh, no. Kirby and the Forgotten Land has a lot of shit going on. You have, and I'll just go through it all, the main story. Then you have all the Treasure Road segments. So basically you get uh, power-ups and you can upgrade them as well as you know have the different mouthful mode type stuff. Treasure Road is basically the standalone levels where you get to test them out and uh, use those skills to your best ability. So I did all those. Then in the main story, you have to collect 300 Waddle Dees. A lot of them are hidden in levels, but some of them have a bit harder <laughs> ways to get them. Like, so for the bosses, you got to beat the bosses in two minutes, and then you got to beat them without taking a hit. And in some levels, you got to find Waddle Dees. Some are hidden in alleyways. Some you need a specific power-up for. And yes, I eventually did resort to using a guide, but I will say... About 90% of them I found on my own the first time through. So let, let, let's, let the record show that I'm pretty good at finding Waddle Dees. Finding them, not fighting them. I, I would love to fight them in the town. Like, you can do that. They all kind of collect together in a little Waddle town. It's cute. 
and it's fun fucking with them, but finding them was the main goal. So we did that. Okay. Then when you're done with the main game, post game unlocks. There's a whole another post game world. Do that. Then in the post game world, you got to collect 300 pieces of Liangar's soul. Who's Liangar? I'm not going to talk about it. That's spoilers. Collect all that. You do that, right? Then you got to do the arena. So you got to do the Mennonite Cup, which is just like the first couple of bosses in Mennonite check. Then you got to do the Ultimate Cup, which is all the main bosses in the story check. Then you got to do Ultimate Cup Z. Ultimate Cup Z is all the post-game bosses as well as a new secret, harder final boss with its own second form that I had to look up how to beat because he was so fucking brutally hard. I did that. Finally. Oh, you still think we're not done? We got one more thing. This is the big one. Kind of the piece that sort of ties it all together. Kirby in the Forgotten Land has gotcha machines. Yeah. No, dead ass. Little gotcha figures. You walk up to it. You put your money in. You spin the crank. You get a gotcha. You're like, wow, this is so cool. And you spin the crank again. You get one. You spin the crank again. You get one. And you get a lot of repeats. And occasionally you get some new ones, right? So you spend an ass load of cash, like $50,000 or something, just to get all these gotchas. And while some of them are random, some of them are tied to doing in-game tasks. So some of them are, are involving like getting the Waddle Dees and all that sort of stuff. The last four that you need all involve that ultimate arena. So even if you thought, hey, I'll just clear the main game and the post game and not bother with the arena, well, that won't get you 100%. You have to do the arena or else you won't get the four specific gotcha figures. I think it's like Phantom, Meta Knight, uh, Chaos, Elphus, whatever, um, Usher, Waddle Dee, and then Comet or Waddle Dee. I literally remembered the four. And then once you get all the gotcha figures and you do everything on top of what I said, then you 100% Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I know it sounds like a lot of busy work, but I don't think I've had this much fun playing a game in a long time. This was excellent. And I like Kirby. You know, I like some of the shorter Kirby's. Kirby Superstar is pretty good. I think Forgotten Land's my new favorite. Deadass. Something about it just being in 3D, the added difficulty, the amount of content that they have in the game. It looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. I had a blast playing through Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I think, like, literally, now that I think about it, the last game that I 100%ed was probably, like, uh, Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS. Because it was just so easy to get through. I'm like, well, I might as well 100% it. But Kirby and the Forgotten Land, it's like, no, this takes time. And it was work. But it was fun work. It's the fun kind of busy work that I really enjoyed. And, uh, yeah, highly recommend. Highly recommend Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I'm thinking about making a video about it. Or maybe I'll do, like, a versus thing where I compare Kirby and the Forgotten Land to uh, Kirby 64. Because Kirby 64 was the first, like, quote 3D, but it's more of 2.5D. So maybe comparing those two might be a fun little battle. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's been the one bright spot in these past couple of days between all the moving and chaos and stress. It's coming home, playing some hours of Kirby. Makes you feel good, you know? Makes you feel like you've accomplished something in the day, and uh, Kirby was a blast. So now that I finished it, I have to, unfortunately, go back to playing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu again. And it's like, ugh. Is fine, but it's not as good as Kirby, and you have to play it with a Joy-Con. I still don't get, to this day, can someone explain this to me? Why on earth that you have to play Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee with, like, a Joy-Con or a Pokeball controller? 
why the fuck does that shit not work with the pro controller? Like I get, oh, motion controls. Ha ha. You got to throw it. Whatever. You can shake a pro controller. There's motion controls and gyro in a pro controller. Why would I have to just fucking use Joy-Con? I don't get it. And some people will be like, oh, well, just, you know, get the Switch Lite. And get the regular Switch and just play it in handheld mode. Well, then I can't record it. You know, so there's always trade-offs. And the fact is that a game where you just simply use Joy-Cons is bad fucking design because the Joy-Cons fucking drift. <laughs> So you'll be walking around, you know, catching Pokemon, throwing, throwing Pokeballs. And then the Joy-Con starts fucking drifting. And you're like, why? Why would Nintendo force me to do this? I'm not going out of my way to spend like 50 fucking dollars on Pokeball Plus. Are you high? Just fucking add in Pro Controller support. I know you can do it. It doesn't change a damn thing about the game. You can still use motion controls. Why have they not patched that yet? I don't know. It's a fine Kanto remake, I guess. I don't really have anything negative to say other than that. It's just like, man, they really should have got their shit together and actually fixed that. So yeah, that's been the games I've been playing recently. Let's now go ahead and move into our third topic, which I'm titling the Content Creator Distribution Guide. Yeah, it's a little long and the branding's not really good on it. I might shorten it for the eight on acre like little description, but fuck it. You're already like 18 minutes into this podcast anyway. You're clearly down to listen to whatever. But basically, this is going to be a guide on where to post your content or an answer to the question, how many platforms should I be on? This should hopefully answer it for you because content creation, right, is a lot of different steps in the process. You got to make your content. You got to edit your content. We're sort of tackling that third stage, which is where do I post it? What platforms do I need to be on? Should I be on three, four, five, one, all of them, none of them? I don't understand. Do I need to be on TikTok? Well, here's how I would break it down for layman's terms. I think at minimum, you should be on three platforms. Which three? Well, they kind of fall into three different sections. You have what I call, number one, the core platform. Number two, the secondary platform. And number three, the community platform. And let's break those down even further from there. So a core platform would be where you post your main content to. Let's say you like making videos. Well, then YouTube would be a great place. What if you prefer articles? Well, then medium.com or Letterboxd or a website would be a good core platform. What if you're a podcaster? Well, you can get on Anchor and then that will lead you to Spotify and all these different other places. But basically, this is the platform that you're going to be consistent on, that you start out, that you build before anything else, what you're known for, your bread and butter. Pick that platform first, the one you want to start out with, the core platform. Number two is the secondary platform. And basically, what I'm looking for here is once you found your core, the thing that you like doing the most, the secondary platform should be another avenue of content that can help support the main stuff. So let's go with YouTube, for example. And let's say on YouTube, you're a book YouTube channel and you like talking about books. And you're like, damn, books, the most epicest thing ever. Well, you kind of hit one particular niche, but there's a lot of different forms of content on the internet. Like we just talked about, we just talked about podcasts. We just talked about articles or live streaming. So let's say, oh, you know, you're making your book content, but you're also interested in doing a live show about books or maybe even gaming, perhaps. Bam, Twitch.tv, that's a secondary platform. It can work together with your main platform, but really it's just for the people who, 
didn't go out of their way to find you on the first one. The secondary one supports that. It gives you another option, another outlet, another way to express yourself, another way to build your brand and grow. The third and final one is the community platform. And there's a lot of different examples of this. The main one that I use is Discord. So basically, after you build up your content and you build up your influence, you're bound to have an audience of people that like your stuff. But where do they go after they're done watching your videos, right? You can interact with them in the comment section or Twitch chat, I guess. But what if you have news? Like, let's say you have to take a break. Are you going to make a whole video on YouTube being like, hey, guys, I have to take a break? Or are you going to go to the community tab? Like, you can, but the odds of people seeing that are pretty low. And that's why I think a community platform is so important because it's a hub for everyone else to meet up and talk about. And then you can also use them to push to your secondary content and your core platform anytime you have a main release. So examples of the community platform include Discord, an email list, uh, Patreon, Twitter.com, for as bad as Twitter.com is. Basically, you're not really posting content here. I mean, you can if you want. You can do that on Patreon. But the primary purpose of the third community platform is just a place where people can meet up and uh, give an opportunity to get to know people. You know, have fun with it. Have fun with it. And uh, it'll be a good way to spread out news and updates as well. So there you go. Hopefully, with that method, you're able to pick your three platforms that you need. In our example that we went through, we have a book YouTube channel, uh, a book live streaming show, or maybe a gaming live streaming show, and then a Discord. But you could totally swap any of those pieces around. Let's see, your main content is podcasts. So then you start with Anchor as your core platform. Then you like, oh, I don't know, writing reviews on movies. So then Letterboxd can be your second. And then your third is Twitter or whatever. Or maybe you do the shorts that are pretty funny. So you have like a comedy shorts channel on YouTube shorts or TikTok or whatever. Okay, that's your first one. But then you want to write articles for Medium. And then, you, oh, you can, you can do that. Or maybe you want a big podcast. Or maybe you want a stream show. And you, you can fit in the pieces, right? You pick your core platform. You pick your secondary one to supplement that. And then you pick a third community platform. At that point, once you have three things to focus on, I wouldn't go much farther than that. You can, but what I found is getting more platforms than three starts to limit your focus. You start working on too many things, and then your core platform starts suffering, and then you stop making good content. Whereas this method is like, hey, focus on your core platform, first and foremost. It is the first one for a reason. But then, you know, if things aren't coming out, and you want another way of people to find you, that's where the secondary platform comes in. So you don't feel like you're wasting your time when you stream or you make a podcast episode or something. And then that third one, the, the community platform, well, eventually that one just starts to run itself. You post, you talk, you have fun, you give your updates, whatever, but that's not going to be taking up a majority of your day. So really, it's like you're working on two platforms there. And then and it's easy. And then you're done from there. Now, obviously, you could have more. I have more currently. So I have a YouTube, I have a Twitch, I have an Anchor, I have a Letterbox, I have a Twitter, I have Discord. I have platforms that fill those roles and then some. One, don't follow my example. I'm a sociopath and I'm interested in way too many different things. I don't think it's worked out well for me either because, again, that whole focus problem comes into effect. But you know, if you are interested in a lot of stuff and you just want to experiment, you can do multiples. I wouldn't advise doing that. 
I also wouldn't advise just doing one platform because yes, you can make it pretty big on YouTube or pretty big on Twitch or pretty big on Anchor or anywhere else. But then you're kind of limiting your potential. You're limiting your scope. Eventually you'll reach the top and you'll be like, well, now what? You know, having multiple platforms allows you to sort of build an audience quicker. And if you're already big, you can get even bigger. So I think three platforms is a nice middle ground where you can diversify what you have. That way you don't have all your eggs in one basket, but you're not overworking yourself either, which I think is good for a lot of people, especially with burnout being such a big thing like it is now. So hopefully that makes sense. For any content creators out there, that's what I'd recommend. Three platforms, a core platform, a secondary one to support it, and a community-based one. Pick three, and then, you know what? Once you've done that, you can assess your needs from there. This is more of a guide for people starting out or people who feel like they're doing too much. For people who just want a quick answer from me, that's what I would say. Now, which of those three you pick? Like, does it have to be Twitch? Does it have to be Anchor? Does it have to be Twitter? And the answer is no. I think all of them are interchangeable. You could do three without YouTube. You could do three without podcasting. You could do three without Twitter probably could do everything without Twitter. You can pick whichever three you want. Just be sure that they're fitting into those orders and assess your own needs, right? Are you a video creator? Then, well, then you probably should be on YouTube. Are you live streaming? Well, then for right now, you should probably be on Twitch, although YouTube gaming is changing things. If you're on podcasting, you should probably be on Anchor. Kind of assess your own needs. What kind of content aren't you making? That can help answer some of those questions. But if you're wondering, like, how do I grow and build from there? Three platforms is my recommendation. So that is my content creation distribution guide for 2022 that I'm sure will change in time as Twitch continues to get worse, as Twitter becomes unbearable, and as YouTube decides to have every form of content under the sun. And then you can just do everything on YouTube. So who knows? It's better than the days of having to do like five or six different platforms at once. Those people are crazy. Uh, but we're, we're, we're smalling, we're, we're shrinking down a little bit. We're doing less and less and that's always a good thing, but yeah, that'll be it for this episode of a non anchor. Let me know if you liked it. Let me know what you thought about it somewhere on the internet. My links are down in the description down below. Shout out to Zach, Jay and Parker who've supported this podcast on Patreon or by hitting the little support button on a non anchor. You can do that by the way, if you want the podcast to be more consistent, that's the place to go. With all that being said, I've been Aiden, Blue Catch Productions, and I'm signing off.